All right, welcome to the Low Post Pod. I'm your host today, Christian Martinelli, with my man Kyle Finn. Uh, Kyle, it's great to do the podcast with you today. Uh, you know, I know everyone around here probably knows me and is sick of my face by now, but they get to deal with you now. So if you just want to introduce yourself to the crowd a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself, then we'll just get right into it. Well, my name is Kyle Finn. I'm a currently about to be a senior at Bryant University. I'm a communications major hoping to do journalism um, in the sports industry when I get older. And I love all Boston sports except for the Celtics. Damn. Well, I don't really <laughs> love the Celtics either because they give me uh, heart pain. So it's all right. Um, so, yeah, we, we've had week one. It was, uh, it was great to get back at it after a year away from the action. Um, and we have some new teams in the fold. It, it was it was a great week one. You know, there was a, there was a few blowouts or a few good games. But all in all, I think it was uh, I had a good time. I, I hope you did. It was I know it was your first time. So it was probably a little stressful, but um, I was happy to get back out there. Yeah, the only time it was really stressful was just doing stats because you got to pay attention mm-hmm. to everything. You got to look up and down. Uh, it, it gets pretty hectic. But uh, doing scoreboard and uh, Snapchat, that was actually pretty fun. Yeah. So if you guys, you know, your stats are off a little bit, don't get mad at Kyle. He'll get good at it. You know, it was tough for me at first too. So, all right, let's get into this. I'm, I'm here in rural New Hampshire right now. So if you see this barn behind me. It's not a, it's not a fake filter. It's a real barn. I'm just, you know, making it work. So, all right. So the first game we're going to talk about is one of the biggest blowouts that I can remember in legacy league's history. Um, Stampede versus Good U, two teams that have been around for a little bit now. Uh, Good U shellacked them 103 to uh, 45. It's almost an unreal score to say. Um, but Stampede just couldn't get anything going on offense. Um, you know, besides Brad Allen, they didn't have any double-digit scores. Um, he he put up 17 points, but besides that, it just it was an ugly game. I, I think you were on this side of the court on court three, I believe. What did you see during this game? Yes, I was on this side. Uh the reason why Good U was able just to win so big was because of doing four in and then four out. So every time that there was a break in the action, they would substitute four people in and four people out. Unfortunately for the Stampede, they only had six players playing this game. So they would only have two players on the bench. So they were actually getting more tired quickly. And of course, this is the first game of the year. Uh, So people, you know, you know, like stamina is not really the best right now trying to get back into the th- um, into the swing of things because this is the first game back in two years since 2019. So it, it's just a chemistry thing that they got to figure out. But, yeah, good. You looked fantastic uh, last week. They were just just taking advantage of all great shots. Like, of course, you know, they play they played um with each other at Hendrickson and they're all, and they all know each other and the team is so good. They actually recruited someone from another team from what I was told um, from one of the uh, legacy league workers. So if their team's that good, Oh boy, they're, they're ready to um, go back to the championship game like they did in 2019. Yeah. And yeah, it's funny you say that they were probably the favorite pretty much all last year. And then Duye's boys like, um, everyone kind of knows about now they had that miraculous run and won the championship. Um, but yeah, they're just a phenomenal team. Like, like I just said, um, Stampede only had one guy in double digits. I look at good you one, two, three, four, five, six guys in double digits and Brad uh, Van Fackman had nine points. So, I mean, this is, this is an outstanding team. They're going to be a front runner. I think were they number two in our, um, 
uh, rankings this week? Your number one. Uh, for me, I had them at number one in my okay. personal ranking, but others probably had them at one or two in that area. Yeah. I think the official ones came out, and I think they, they ended up at two, which, whatever, that's fair. One, two, three. They're obviously one of the best teams, and they're going to be right up there again. Um, we can move on from this game because it was just a blowout, 70-point blowout. So what are you going to do? Hopefully the Stampede can uh, do a little better next week because they're going to have an easier opponent, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um so the next game I want to talk about was Lob City versus Sin City. It's the uh, matchup of the cities. And this was, although the final score doesn't look as bad, this was an absolute blowout. At one point, I think Lob City was winning by uh, 60 points or so. And Lob City, again, they already had a, a nasty roster, um, a lot of veterans on their team. And then they added um, Colin Burns to the fold, who um, – I think it's his first year in the league, and he was unbelievable. Tons of awesome highlight dunks. He made, um, a, big, and he then, made a big statement. Yes, he did. Yeah, I got – I mean, every time he, he was uh, touching the ball, it was like he was flying above the rim, which was pretty awesome to see. Um, and then Jose Mercado, of course, is, you know, uh, reigning league MVP, you know, all-time most points in a game in Legacy League with, like, 62. He just, you know, probably – arguably best player in the league. Um, and they added him to the team too. So this was already a team that was absolutely nasty. And then adding those two guys, they're going to be extremely tough to be. And I, and I find it, you know, quite difficult to, to have any team above them right now, based off how they played, you know, they, even at the end, they, they, they really stopped trying. They put up 128 points. Um, you know, Sin City ended up squeaking out 84, and it's really Justin De La Cruz put up 58 of them, which is insane. But, um, yeah, you know, they only had four guys. So what, what do you think about this game? Because Lob City obviously made a statement. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to actually watch the game, but you could hear how loud, like, everything was going on, like just all the slam dunks, the yelling. Uh, you could definitely tell Lob City has a lot of chemistry because you just don't get 83% field goals percentage on accident this they clearly practice they clearly played basketball together like probably pickup games um when COVID was going on like at outdoor courts and indoor courts um like at the gyms and stuff so th- you can tell that they clearly have been practicing and they've been waiting two years uh, waiting so long to get back in, out here and they really did make a big statement by putting up 128 in the first game of the season yeah I mean, 59 field goals, uh, 59 for 71, uh, seven for 11 from three. I mean, they probably had 45 dunks on the night. It, it was insane. Um, it, it's clear that they're going to be a team that's that's going to be right there at the end. And uh, they actually have a great matchup coming up next week. I can't wait to talk about that one. But, um, yeah, they're just going to be obviously one of the best teams. They're stacked from top to bottom. Cody Crawford. I mean, look at this. They had they yeah, had a four he had a triple double. double. Did uh, he really? No, he. Uh, I got mixed up. It said uh, eleven defensive rebounds, but he had oh, okay. he, he was a big uh, provider on offense. Yeah, and yeah, defense. they're they're just a nasty, nasty team, and they're going to be real tough to beat. They're they're hard nosed. They play play good defense when they need to, and Lob City, man, they're back and, and they're for real. So. Next game was a newcomer to the league, the RI Warriors versus um, Orcas. Orcas, um, they've been in the league. They just went by another name. I'm trying to think of the name. I can't, I can't remember it. 
Um, but the Orcas, Orcas, I like that name better. Uh, and I, they got a cool logo going too. So the Orcas actually, they it was a low-scoring game compared to a lot of the other games that happened. They won 60 to 49. Uh, I know you get to see this whole game. Um, what do you think about this game? Uh, what do you see? I know it was a defensive battle for sure. Yes, it was. Uh, I know the the field goal percentages look look different. Like you know, the Orcas had fifty four percent fifty four percent field goal percentage, but uh, they actually had like a lot of turnovers from getting stolen a lot. And the Iowa Warriors okay. were just uh, very close, um, playing uh, playing close defensively. You know, getting up in the ball, getting up in the passing lanes and stuff. Uh, the biggest thing for them, though, is they were just missing key shots at the end of the game. And uh, you could tell like they were getting used to the uh, the eight-foot rims because I can, I can guarantee you when they were practicing, most of the time you can't really find basketball um, hoops that are eight feet like no. at parks. They definitely have to play um, at their home hoops. So you could tell that they were getting adjusted to this. And I could definitely see them uh, pulling out a win next week or at least more wins into the future. They They can make a lot of noise in the playoffs later down the line. Yeah, I think the Warriors are actually, although it wasn't an overly impressive performance, I think they definitely have a, a chance to be a contender. I don't, I don't think they're gonna hang with the good use in the in the Lob Cities and the Duyes boys of the world, but I think they can put up a good fight against anyone on any given night. Um, once they get the hang of it, I'm sure they're gonna be good. They definitely have some athletes, they have some ball players, and they're and they're scrappy. So I think they'll be all right. The Orcas, on the other hand, um, yeah, you go. I was going to say, I think the RI Warriors might be able to pull off at least one upset because of their defense, because they're per, they're a pretty scrappy uh, team. Like they won't shy away from getting rebounds. Uh, they're not afraid to, you know, you know, get a little physical fouling because they know that um, uh, this team against the Orcas, they uh, kind of weren't really good at free throws, you know, five, five of 12, 41 percent. So, you know, they're, they're not afraid. They're, they're willing to take some chances. Right. And, and what do you think about the Orcas? Because they're a team that, you know, they, they did all right two years ago, um, and they're looking to make a move now. And you know, they, I wouldn't say they made an amazing statement, but, you know, they won the game. They did what they had to do. And, you know, some of their, their key guys from years past, they, they played well. Uh, well, at the end of the game, simply they just took advantage of the uh, RA Warriors' missed chances at the end of the game. You know, getting a rebound, quick transition, throw it across the court and take advantage of a three on two and you get a layup and hopefully a foul. And that that's simply how they want at the end of the game. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what the Orcas do. They got some exciting players with uh, Kendall Gillians and Dexter Liu. He's always a comedian and Jeff Winchell and uh, and his brother Nick are, are tough down low. So they're definitely a team to look out for. They're scrappy. I'm not sure if I'm going to call them a, a title contender just yet, but uh, like like we said about the Warriors, they'll give anyone a tough game, and they definitely have a chance to upset you if you're not uh, bringing your A game that day. So the next game is probably the game that was most anticipated on the night, um, Duye's boys versus the Werewolves. Um, these teams always battle it out. There's a little bit of bad blood that happens. There's a lot of intensity that that goes on during these games. Um, you know, you don't really know Shane yet, but Shane brings the energy. He, he was getting in the werewolves heads. I can't lie. I got a lot of friends on the werewolves, but Shane was getting in their head. He was being loud. He was doing his thing. And guess what? They were backing it up. Um, do his boys, 
Uh, Vincent Volpe and, and John Kutu combined for 67 points out of their out of their 86. That's insane. Um, obviously, if you've been around, you understand those are two of the, the best players in the league. Um, and uh, Brian Yarsi, he put up seven points in his uh, Dewey's Boys uh, debut. Um, he was kind of just hanging back a little bit more, not being as aggressive as the other guys. You know, Volpe, 17 shots, Kutu, 20. Uh, Yarsi just put up uh, seven shots on the night. Um, Tartaglia, too, he's a stud, but he only had four points. Uh, my man, Dan Ruggiero, put up six. He had two huge threes. Uh, he's, a, he's a stud. Everyone knows that. Um, and Shane Patrick, really, you don't see it in the box score and P.J. Thomas, too. But those guys, they bring the energy and uh, they get other teams rattled and they get their teammates fired up. And that's kind of uh, what makes the Dewey's boys so special from top to bottom. They have guys that contribute, even if you don't see it on the box score. I know you didn't get to see this game, um, but just kind of, you know, looking at the box score and I know you get to kind of hear what was going on. Uh, what do you think about this matchup? Well, from it looks like with the GA boys, they have a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson kind of uh, dynamic duo with uh, John mm -hmm. and Vincent. They can just shoot. And they just score no problem because you don't 76%, 65% that that's pretty consistent. Uh, it makes sense why they were scoring, scoring a lot because they're used to this by now. And, uh, and you know, you can have uh, Brian, Dan, Zach, they can show up on defense, uh, get the shutdowns, make the uncomfortable passes and shots. Uh, they kind of, how you were describing it, they were kind of reminding me of how uh, Patrick Beverly plays his, uh, his game on defense, yeah. you know, a lot of noise, getting up in everyone's grill, and just uh, making on making everyone uncomfortable, and then allowing Vincent and John to do their thing on the offensive floor. Yeah, it's it's exactly like that, pretty much. Uh, um, you know, Shane is pretty much Patrick Beverly, but they don't get knocked out of the playoffs; they win the championship. So, <laughs> um, I mean, the Werewolves, though, I will say they're they're a very good team. They're going to be a good uh, a good team, a contender. I think it was just the off time. A lot of people, really no one else had that impressive of a game besides Heston put up 28 points. Um, he's always, he always plays great. Lockdown defense, you know, he had nine rebounds, five assists, four blocks. He's an all-around great player. He's just going to need his teammates to step up a little bit more if they're going to hang out, hang on with these uh, other teams like Dewey's boys and them. And I, I will say for the Dewey's boys, before we move on from this game, they should feel a little disrespected by our by our top ten. I would still have them in the number one spot. They're the reigning champs. They haven't lost. They made a statement game. So listen, they were in number three. It's not the end of the world, but you know, it's you know, it's just maybe a little bit more fuel to their fire. They're always being doubted, the Dewey's boys. So we'll see what they can bring this this year. Uh, next week they have a huge game against uh, Lob City, and that's one we're definitely going to be talking about a little bit. That's going to be an exciting game. Um, so the next one we're going to get into is Halfway Crooks against Ball Don't Lie. Um, this was a 92-66 to 66 win for the Halfway Crooks. Um, Crooks were looking pretty good this year uh, compared to other years. And, you know, they, they put up an impressive performance pretty much. Uh, you didn't get to see this game. I could see parts of it. Um, Brandon Sweeney came back with vengeance. Uh, he's a very good player. Uh, he's a, he's a beast down low. He's 11 for 12 from the field, 27 points, um, 10 rebounds. That's the type of performance they're going to need out of him. And, you know, this is a team that did retool. They grabbed Brandon Sweeney. They grabbed uh, Mark Belleville. Um, I think they grabbed Joey Coro. I can't remember. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know who was on that, who else was on the uh, end of their bench, but Dylan Lincoln, he's uh, very good down low as well. So halfway crooks, including Joey Zocco too. When Joey's three point shot is on, um, which I'm showing up as Joey Zocco right now, actually, but <laughs> um, when his three point shot is on, he's He's a huge help because they have the monsters inside. They can they can play inside out. You give it to them down low, they can eat you up or they kick it out. And uh, Belleville and Joey and uh, Hanson, they can all hit from three. Um, and ball don't lie. They had a little bit of a, a tough introduction into the Legacy Leagues. But, you know, 66 points, you know, they, they held tough. They, they were no slouch team. So they, they definitely have something to build off of. And I think they can be – you know, a mid-tier team in this league and definitely grab a few wins here and there. Well, you, I, you said it pretty well. Uh, halfway crooks, again, you said the big boys. The big boys are going to do their thing. 71, mm-hmm. 77% shooting, that comes from the big boys, you know. Mm-hmm. 85% from Jared, 75 from Dylan. That's going to be how most of their points are going to be getting done. Uh, just got to be scrappy down in the post, Uh and then try – I don't know how they are uh, free throw shooting-wise because uh, they only shot seven free throws. But down mm-hmm. in those last two minutes, th- those are really going to be big because, you know, big boys tend to not shoot free throws well. So if you're the other team, mm-hmm. take advantage of th- those two minutes with fouling and sending them to the free throw line if you have a close game. Yeah, and I think the halfway crooks will be in a lot of close games, especially when they play – the top of the league, their retooled team. They, and you know, the last few years, they haven't been the best, but I think now, you know, Joey put together a team that has the potential, you know, to upset some people in the playoffs for, for sure. If those big guys are there, they can definitely burn you. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Ball don't lie. I can't say much about them. I got to see, I got to see more, more from them as the year goes on. Um, you know, it's really hard to judge these these teams in their first game. No one's played low hoop before, but you know, I, I think they can be an all right team. Um, but halfway crooks are definitely a team to keep your eye on this year. I think Grand Nellis were pretty impressive uh, since their first game, putting up twenty four and twenty one. I got to give it to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those those are impressive performances in your in your first game in Legacy League. There's there's no doubt at all. Um. So now we'll go to the last game of the week. Uh, you saw this game. Ozone Boys beat the Mambas uh, 69 nice to 54. And uh, this was kind of a, a weird game because at one point it looked as though Ozone Boys were going to do what you expected them to do and kind of pull away and uh, win the game handily. But next thing you know, Mambas start to tighten it up down the stretch. Things get very close and – you know, it ended up being a pretty close game until there was about a minute and a half left. Uh, Ozone Boys pulled away a little bit. What do you think of, of this game? Because Ozone Boys, I know they're a good team. Uh, they just didn't put up their best offensive performance uh, week one, but I'm sure they'll, they'll get back into it. I kind of felt like they were teasing me a little bit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning, like they were just throwing up alley-oops to each other and stuff. They looked like they were, they were having the time of their lives and stuff. Mombos okay. were still trying to figure themselves out and stuff. Because I believe mo- most of their roster, um, it was their first game playing in this league. So they were still trying to figure things out, um, who they should have out on the floor and stuff. While the Ozone boys, they looked like they had everything mapped out. So they were just doing alley-oops to each other, dunks and it, they put on a great show and then they kind of let, let off the, uh, the gas pedal a little bit and let the mamas come back. But then as soon as they got under 10 points, 
Ozone just slammed on the gas pedal again and then made it a 15 game to make sure uh, the Mambas did not pull off a comeback. Yeah. And and for anyone wondering who the Mambas are, they're, they're pretty much a retooled basket hound. So everyone remembers the basket hounds. They were a debacle of a team pretty much just getting dominated every, every game two years ago. But I think the Mambas are, are definitely a better version. They got some good players on this team and I don't think this team is going to go winless. Like uh, Basket Hounds, there's no way they won a game, I don't think. Uh, so I don't think um, this team will go winless like the Basket Hounds did. But the Ozone Boys, your, their performance won't tell, the scoreboard won't tell, but they are one of the better teams in the league with the Hogan brothers. They're very athletic. Like you said, they like to go for the alley-oops and, and all that stuff. But um, when they're serious um, and, you know, Noah Berg's uh, playing well and uh, – Jason, I can never say his last name, so I don't want to screw it up. And and now with the addition of Zach Brooks and, and Paul McGuire, this is uh, a legitimately dangerous team. Uh, they're one of the most athletic teams, if not the most athletic easily. They got the youngest legs. Um, they're fresh. So it, when they come and they want to play serious, they're 100% a team that uh, can beat anyone and can be a problem in the playoffs for sure. I'd probably say the Hogan brothers, uh, they're going to be uh, – the dynamic pair with the uh, with the other pair that we were just talking about earlier, and uh, with the Duguay Bulls, Vincent and John. So they're also going to be like a Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson kind of thing where they can make it all happen with shooting. Yeah, I think for the Ozone Boys, yeah, they need the Hogan brothers to come up big every game, and they need uh, that inside presence. And uh, honestly, that's a team when they have the right mentality, man. They're they're really dangerous and. Those guys are, are fun to watch, like you saw. They put on a show. Um, so that wraps up the week one um, recap. Now, just to spotlight, like, who who was your player of the week for week one? I know who mine was. And if you say mine, I'll, I'll pick someone else because there were plenty of people <laughs> who put on great performances. Um, so from week one, who really stood out to you? Uh, there's many people to choose. Uh, it's it's difficult. Uh I want to choose someone from my game because I was actually able to see uh, this person play, but I want to say Matt St. Hours, eight of 11, 72.7 field goal percentage, good three points uh, percentage, good free throw. Uh, and he definitely was able to rally the team together and he was just great offensively allowing um and being um, with the chemistry and communication, a lot was able to get Brendan to get 18, Kyle to get 15, Randy to get 14. And uh, it's very rare where you see a whole a whole team put up uh, double digits for 75% of the team. So they have great chemistry already. Uh, they just got to keep it up for next week. That, that That's yeah. just pretty I, impressive. Yeah. I as think well St. Hours is defense. For sure. Good you is a dangerous team. And St. Hours is it's kind of the uh, straw that stirs the drink over there. He's consistent. He's going to give you the same thing every week. Um, just, you know, it's going to be 20 and, a, you know, a handful of rebounds, a handful of assists. So he's, uh, you know, he's always going to give you a good performance like that. For me, um, it's hard to separate the two. So I'll just say uh, Vincent Volpe and Johnny Kutu, 34 and, and 33, um, respectively. Uh, playing in a big time game against a tough opponent. Um, you know, those were outstanding performances that 
there's uh, nothing take you can't take anything away from them. They they outscored the werewolves by themselves, 67 points. Werewolves only put up 60 uh, week one. So you got to give it to Volpe and, and Kutu. Those guys were shooting the lights out. Volpe 13 for 17, Kutu 13 for, for 20. Those are outstanding. And Volpe 8 for 9 from 3, Kutu 6 for 11. It doesn't get much better than that. Those are two guys who will be all-stars. They'll be vying for the MVP. Um, they'll be looking for all sorts of accolades. Uh, they're just outstanding players. So that's if they can continue to put up stat lines like that, it's going to be really scary for the league and the defending champs definitely have some, some dogs on their side. That's for sure. And I, I can't go without mentioning uh, Justin De La Cruz. I know I mentioned it earlier, but 58 points, 24 for 29, insane game. Um, a lot of his points came in garbage time. They were getting killed, but at the end of the day, 58 points to 58 points, you got to score him. So shout out to Justin. That's a sick performance. One of, literally four points away from tying the all-time record. So that was a, a great performance for him. But in the end, it didn't matter because they lost by 40. So as it was pretty tough. It's just a weird but, situation for all right, enough. Yeah. It's just I a know, weird situation for guys. City, yeah. yeah, you got to have more than four guys if you want to compete in this league. Or you're going to be in the best shape of all time, which I don't know if anyone is in this league. So uh, that, that's tough for them. But – uh, moving on from week one to go to week two, um, Kyle and I are going to set some lines now uh, for these upcoming games, say what we think may or may not happen here, um, and then we'll stop wasting your time. We'll get out of here. So let me just get over to the schedule real quick for week number two, which I'm unfortunately not going to be there for, but I'm looking forward to see what happens. So game of the week, in my opinion, um, or – Co-game of the week, I guess. Werewolves versus Good U. Um, I know you're high on Good U. Werewolves had a tough start coming out. Um, I have a, a number in my mind that I'm thinking of, but how much do you favor? I assume you're favoring Good U. It's your it's your number one seed right now, in your opinion. So how much are you favoring Good U in this game? Uh, uh this is a difficult one. I would probably say. I would say a good 10 point when at least they're getting 10 yeah. points, 10 points. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, I set my line here at eight and a half points in favor of good. You, I think, I think 10 points is reasonable too. I just think the werewolves are going to come out much more hungry. Um, I don't see them getting their, their doors blown off again. Um, so I, I honestly do see this being an extremely close game. Um, so, yeah, if you want to say we can meet in the middle, you said 10, I said eight and a half. You want to meet at, at nine points. I think that's a reasonable line based off of the week one results. Um, and based off of that line, where would you go? Would you think that uh, you think the werewolves will cover that? Or you think good you is going to is going to beat them pretty handily? It all depends because werewolves need to uh, cut down on the good use trans transition uh, defense to offense because literally what good you was doing was literally as soon as they got the rebound full court uh, pass right down to half court and they were immediately in a three on two. So if werewolves are can quickly get back on defense and get an extra guy down there to make it three on three, that's going to slow down good you and it's going to put werewolves in a better position to not have good you score and put up a hundred points next game. Right. Yeah. 
I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for the werewolves, but when I make these picks, I think a lot about where people are mentally. And I just know that the werewolves are super hungry. They take it really seriously. So at this, at the, I just can't take good. U minus nine. I think good. U does squeak out a win here. Three, four, five points. Maybe I think it's going to be a one, two possession game, but I do think the werewolves will cover. Um, they're just, they're too good. They're too consistent. They want it too much. So I got the werewolves covering. You're taking good you. It sounds like, uh, okay. So, Hey, we differ there, but we'll see. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good game either way. I know that. Um, so the next game we got down here is the RI warriors versus the Mambas. We have two newcomers, two teams coming off, um, about 15 point losses or, you know, double digit losses in week one. Uh, what do you see in here, Kyle? Well, when I was watching the Warriors game, you can tell that it was very close defensively. It just came down to hitting those last those like game ending shots. And unfortunately, the Warriors just weren't able to take advantage of that. But defensively uh, for three quarters of the game, they did great, you know, getting steals Um Offensive rebounding was actually one thing I forgot to mention. They, they got a decent amount of uh, offensive rebounds. So for this instance, and plus the uh, the Mambas, um, all their team or most of their team is still new. So they're still also going to be getting used to playing with four players out on the court. Um, it's a little different than doing with five and three, so four. And they have a different situation with subbing. They don't all do four and four because they have a big enough team to do four and four, but they do right. two and then another two. And so it's a little different than what other teams are doing. So I think they're still trying to work out their chemistry about um, who fits uh, together um, in terms of duos. So I'll take the RA Warriors this game. Yeah, I, I think the Warriors are, are definitely going to win. Um, right now in my head, I think it's going to, I'm thinking like a 15 and a half, 16 point line here. Um, I think that's reasonable as the war. I think later in the season, I would probably favor the Warriors by more, but I think they're still trying to figure out their shooting stroke, only 49 points week one. Um, so I'm going to, I'll favor the Warriors. I'll just go 15 and a half points here. Um, and I do actually think the Warriors will cover that. I think the Warriors are just, are too tough, too big, uh, too mature for the Mambas at this point. Um, but the Mambas are definitely an improved version. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to keep the game close. They showed they were gritty against the Ozone boys. Um, and when you see that 15 and a half point number, what do you think? Do you think the Mambas have a chance to, to keep this game closer? Are the Warriors just going to kind of blow them out of the water here? I'd probably say by halftime it's going to be close, but I think the Warriors are really going to turn it on, taking advantage of that halftime break. They're going to – because they, they have good communication. They're going to talk together in the corner um, of the gym, and they're really going to say, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And they'll, they, they actually do do it. They actually take each other's advice very to heart and actually apply it to the game. So uh, you said a 15 point cover. Um, I'll go, I'll say 20 for RA warriors. Okay. I, I, I think they really will hit their shooting stroke. Yeah. All right, so we're both on the Warriors here, and, you know, whatever. If, if the Mambas prove me wrong, I'd be happy to see it because the Basket Hounds had some real dark days uh, two years ago, so I'd be happy to see them uh, be successful. All right, so this is the game of the week. Could be the game of the year already in week two. Possible championship preview. Duye's boys versus Lob City. 
I mean, this is going to be an outstanding matchup. We saw what they did in, in week one. You know, I've seen in the past what these teams were able to do. Um, just solid, solid teams. Um, for me, almost impossible to separate these teams. I couldn't in my in my conscience, I couldn't separate them and say this team's a favorite, this team's a favorite. Honestly, after they, they both played excellent week one. So I put this game as a pick 'em. Honestly, I think it's you pick either side and uh, whoever you think's gonna win, that's your pick because this is gonna be a super tough game. What are you thinking about this one, Kyle? For me, uh, I actually know someone personally on Lob City. He coached me um, for basketball. This is Nuri Mahmood. Uh, so I've known him personally, and uh, I talked to him a little bit last week, and uh, he's, he said his, him and his team are ready to play, and they're ready for any challenges, especially um, the boys, of course. So I like your, uh, your pick them, but I want to favor Lob City by – Minus two, but it is going to be a very close I think that's game. Yeah, I think the addition of Jose Mercado and um, the big man, his name slipping me, but um, you know, he like we said earlier, he put up a uh, also performance high flying dunks. I think those um, two additions make them extremely dangerous, especially as they learn to play together. I think it's fair to uh, favor. We can meet in the middle again. I think it's perfectly fine. We just meet at, at minus one here um, and just say Lob City favored by a point. Um, man, I, I haven't gone. I was a, I was a huge Duyez boy guy last um, two summers ago. You know, my claim to fame is like, you know, I, I had Duyez boys going all the way and they went all the way. Uh, so I got to continue to ride my guys until they prove me otherwise. I'm going to say Duyez boys cover. And if they cover, obviously they have to win. Uh, I think this is, again, a one-two possession game. Could come down to a last shot here. Um, and really, it's, it's not hard to, see, like, expect this game to go either way. It just thinks that uh, this game happened to only be week two. I wish this game was a little bit further yeah. in the season so we could truly see uh, yeah. where these teams stack up in the standings. Right. And I do feel confident that this game will happen again down the road. So we got something to look forward to, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the game of the week. You're on lob. I'm on Duyez. Duyez until they prove me wrong. Um, I can't wait to see that. Um, whatever court that's on, I won't be leaving. Well, actually. Lob, court one. Court one at eight o'clock. Yeah. That's on court one. Yep. All right. Next game is Halfway Crooks versus the Orcas. Um, this is This is a tough one because the Orcas were better than Halfway Crooks two years ago. But the halfway crooks looked a little bit better week one. I'm not really sure where I sit here. I had the orcas slightly favored in my mind, but the more we talked about it, I don't, I don't really know where where I stand. Let me know what you think because it's hard for me to split these two. Well, if halfway crooks have the offensive performance they uh, had like last uh, like last week's performance, uh, I would probably say go. I'd probably say go crooks, and I'm going to be confident and say go crooks because with the orcas they kind of were playing at the same pace as the RA warriors and it was just a very back and forth game like the RA warriors would uh, make a shot orcas would make a shot they would miss they would miss that kind so it was just very back and forth until the very end 
Uh, If the Crooks jump out very quickly at the beginning, I'd probably say a quick 10-0 run. I think we could see the Crooks uh, really put the the pedal down and just Mm -hmm. explode off. So for me, I would probably take halfway Crooks. I would probably say in this instance – um, a confident minus 10. That's a big number. And here's the only reason why I, was, why I say that's a big number is because although um, halfway crooks and we talked about their inside presence earlier, although they have a great inside presence, Jeff Winchell, um, one of the best defensive players in the league, he's a big body. Mike Winchell, he's a big body. I think the Orcas have a chance to um, stifle that a little bit. Now, I think halfway crooks definitely deserve to be favored. Um, I just don't know if I can go as far as 10. I might be able to go seven and a half, six and a half, one of those. Um, but I just think the Winchell brothers download, they're, they're so tough. It's, it's not going to be as easy for uh, Brandon Sweeney. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to see another 27-point performance out of him next week. So what do you think? We, we land at like minus seven? I'll do minus eight with you. Minus eight? All right. Minus eight. Because here's the thing, though. The three points. You got to understand the three-point line's there. It doesn't always have to be uh, layups and dunks. Yeah. Yeah, and if Joey can get it going, uh, the Orcas can be in trouble. Um, I'm going to take the Orcas because, like I said, I'm I'm thinking a little bit closer. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the, the Orcas uh, get beat by four or five points here. Um what are you thinking? Are you going to take the eight points? It seems like you, you want it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a risk taker, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. take it. Hey, why not? That's, I think that's going to actually – there's really no bad matchups next week. That You know, besides maybe uh, – was it the next game coming up here? There's not really any blowouts. Yeah. So, um, this is a game that I think could possibly be a blowout. Um, Ozone boys versus Ball Don't Lie. Um, Ozone, like we said, they have – great potential it is didn't play up to it week one um ball don't lie they got beat beat around pretty good by halfway crooks um at least in the final score so to me this feels it feels like we're approaching 20 points here for the line um i'm feeling pretty pretty confident about about somewhere from like 18 to 22 point line here i think ozone boys are definitely going to show up and be more aggressive trying to score um what are you thinking? Because I know you at least get to see Ozone Boys. You didn't get to see Ball Don't Lie, but we saw their final result. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be a tough day of the office for them, I'm thinking. Yeah, I liked how Ozone played. Uh, they, it's, even, it's even weird because uh, they're one of the um, – either one of the only teams or one of the few teams that actually has, like, um, a quote-unquote a coach or at least right. someone that acts like a coach where, like, he has the clipboard and everything and uh, – the coach uh, on Ozone was actually doing a very good job managing the players' time limits out there, making sure the players get enough rest in between um, their time on the bench, um, good matchups and height size. And, uh, yeah, I liked how I liked how uh, the Ozone boys really uh, presented themselves. So I'm going to take Ozone boys. Um, I'm going to be a little bit on the safer side um, if we're talking in terms of betting. I'm probably going to do Ozone Boys minus five just to be on the safe side. Minus five, huh? Yeah, I want to be a little safe about this. Oh, real safe, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I mean. Because this is legacy, feel, like anything can happen. No, anything can happen. You're 100% right. And and Ozone showed 
you know, last week, you know, sometimes they might have a little lapse in uh, their attention um, when they let the Mambas come back in the game. Um, so if we want to meet in the middle here, I'm sitting at – Sam's sitting at 20. You're sitting at 5. So we want to meet at – 12. 12. Yeah, we meet at 12, and, I, and I'll put a lot of money on Ozone at that number, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I just – I'm high on the Ozone boys. I like them a lot. I like their energy. I like their athleticism. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Ozone boys at, at the number 12. I, I think um, that I think this game will really uh, get a good idea if they're, uh, if they're really the real deal, if they're really going to be yeah. a, a potential to upset one of those big teams like uh, the Duguay boys and, you know, Sin City. Yeah. I mean, Lob City. Cause is, yeah, because this is a little step up in, in competition for sure. But this is a game where, where, like we said, they need to take care of business if, if they can. So um, I'm going to fall on the side of the Ozone boys. I'm going to take the favorite here. Um, are you going to take the favorite? Or are you going to go with Ball Don't Lie at that 12 number? I'm taking Ozone. You're taking Ozone? All right. I like it. He was going safe, but I got him there. I got him there. Um, all right. And here's uh, – this final game of the week, I don't want to call it a stinker, but they are, they're, they're two teams that combined to lose for like by like over 100 points last week. Uh, it's, it's Stampede versus Sin City. Um, these two, two teams are towards the bottom of our power rankings. Um, what do you think happens here? Because another one, this is, this is hard to split. Neither of them really played up to their p- potential, but I can at least say about Sin City, they were able to put points on the scoreboard. It's interesting because these are the two teams that have the lowest amount of players on the team. You got Sin City that has four players. You got Stampede that has six. So it's going to be interesting because, you know, for Sin City, they're playing the entire game. At least uh, Stampede, two of their players at a time are getting some rest. So maybe that rest might be able to help them out a little bit. But, you know, Sin City, you know, you got the the two brothers and you got the – the big score, you got the very big score. Yeah, so it's going to be that's for sure. Yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be. I don't know if I want to say it's going to be an interesting game, but it's definitely going to be a game where where these two teams are going to be battling all game. Um, I think for Sin City again, if they're only going to show up with four guys, it's going to be really tough for their conditioning. They they got to be really on it. Um, the Stampede have size that can hurt you. Um, so, in my opinion, I think maybe I just slightly favor the Stampede just because of um, the size of Brad Allen and, you know, the lack of guys on Sin City. I mean, until they show up with more guys, it's going to be hard to pick them because four guys just isn't sustainable. It's a long 40-minute game, and, you know, not a, most people aren't in, in tip-top shape in this league. So, um I think I, I would give Stampede about a four-point favorite here. Um, but really, I, it's going to be hard for me to predict which way this is going to go. It really is, because week one, neither team showed what they're capable of, I don't think. For me, I'm going to say Sin City is going to slightly pull this out, because okay. I believe the uh, the Gallo um, 
duo is going to step up more. And Justin is still going to have a big showing. Um, but I think the Gallo brothers are going to combine for more points. Uh, I'd probably say at least 20 points each because right now uh, Trey had uh, 14, Tony had 12. I think if uh, both of them are to average 20 plus, I think Justin having either 30 or 40, um, I think that can propel them. Uh, Justin just needed a little help last game. And uh, Trey and Tony did their thing shooting good, though. But, uh, you know, it's, it was up against Lob City, unfortunately. So, yeah. So why don't we um, why don't we call this game a pick them then? Yeah. You're on you're on Sin City. I'm on Stampede. If I'm wrong, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I just think Brad Allen could eat up down low in this game. He's he's a beast in there. You know, you, you saw him. He's he's a big, strong dude. So. Um, I think that'll be the difference if Brad Allen can wear him down and grab tons of rebounds and, and score, you know, close to 30 points. I think Stampede will win. If the Gallo brothers and uh, and Justin, if they're just going to explode and, and use their athleticism, I think he can go Sin City's way. So I think either either way here, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised with the outcome. I agree with you. Yeah. And that's pretty much it for uh, this week on the, on the Low Post Pod. I think we went – way longer than we, we originally planned, but there's a lot to talk about in week one and week two. Um, and, you know, I'm just sitting out here in the rain in New Hampshire, enjoying time, just just climbing the mountain. Life is good. So, you know, Kyle, enjoy your uh, 4th of July weekend. Um, hope everyone watching enjoys their 4th of July, have a great Independence Day. And uh, looking forward for week two. It's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait for these matchups. It's uh, We're really going to get a chance to see um... – where these teams stand after week two and uh, what teams are really going to be making a big statement, potentially in the playoffs and uh, maybe for the championship game, potentially potential championship game. We'll see shortened season this year. So we'll be coming up sooner than you think. All right. Thanks guys for watching. Have a good one. Take care.